but it does seem to me that we're in a moment now, a cultural moment and a, a, a church moment where we can do something great with adult education. Many of our churches have been on lockdown and have not yet returned to Sunday school classes. There could be a, a blank slate there where we can take the best of what we um, have in the past and then we can try maybe some new things. And you know what? If the new things don't work, it's not going to be worse than what we have right now, which is in many churches, nothing. So I just like the idea more than I have a specific idea. I just like the idea of restarting and maybe doing something um, really great with adult education. Reset, Adult Education After the Pandemic. Part 1, Affirming Our Investment in and Need for Adult Education. Here's Keith Stanglin on discipleship. We're called to be disciples. And, you know, when I ask people, what does the word disciple mean? They almost always get it wrong. What does disciple mean? I won't ask you, Nathan, but um, a lot of people will say follower. Um it's kind of part of the meaning there, but the word simply means student, you know, and you knew that, but um, what, you know, is entailed in that word is that we are to be learners. And I think that gets lost in translation. Sometimes we're to be learners and not just for the sake of learning, but to live out what we learn and then to pass that on to others and those others um, could, could be the next generation. Those others could also be outsiders. But that's, I mean, that's the basis, I think, of the importance of Christian education. Randy Harris reflects on his time at the Donaldson Church in Nashville and speaks about the good side of our indebtedness and embeddedness when it comes to Sunday school. Everything, the life of the church ran through the Bible classes, and it was glorious uh, because, you know, generally in, in, in churches, we think all the life's got to run through the assembly. But if we wanted to get anything done, if we wanted to care for people, you know, if we, if, if we had projects, the best way for us to do that, the deepest connections were through our Bible classes. Now, back to, back to the point you were making, they weren't always as inviting as I wish they had been. It wasn't always as easy to, to, to get in uh, from the outside. But, uh, you know, whenever we thought about reorganizing something in some way, we'd always come back to it. We want to leave that alone. Identifying the problem. The lockdown accelerated issues we were already having in our Sunday school classes. What's the problem and how can it be fixed? Here's Keith and Randy. You know, take the long view of the history of the church, you know, past, present, even future. Is this really the time 
the time we're in right now to sit back and relax and put our feet up and look around and say, yep, I think our work here is pretty much done. You know, um, or it looks like we have um, excelled and perfected loving the Lord with all our intellect, as Jesus commands us uh, in Matthew 22. Um, no, of course not. You know, anyone with just a little historical perspective and a, a smidgen of knowledge of the current scene knows that if there was ever a time when we need a robust education program in the church, um, it's now. So it, I think it all must start with um, from you know the leaders of, of each congregation to everyone in the congregation, the recognition of the importance of education in, in the church. When I think about all of the energy and time and commitment that we've made to adult Bible classes, I think we have precious little to show for. And um, I want to think about that. Uh, you know, did we uh, did we get what we were you know, what we were trying to do? Did we lose track of what we were uh, trying to do? Why, why are the outcomes of that? Why, how can we have people who sit in Bible classes for 50 years and seem to be so malformed? Uh, so, you know, I was, you know, I don't want to abandon it, but I want to think about, okay, if I'm going to put that kind of human resource and energy into something, um, I'd like to, I'd like to think it's going to do something uh, over, over the long haul. Because lockdowns accelerated trends that were already present and that goes for everything in society. For example, most churches before pandemic we're not saying that Sunday school attendance is great. Most saw that as a challenge already, right? I think that there was a maybe a rare church that was overflowing in their Sunday school classroom capacity. Now, almost no one is saying, hey, we're overflowing our Sunday school uh, classes. Almost no one is saying it, and I think no one will be saying it in the near future. So the first thing that is needed, again, very basic here for an adult education program is presence. I don't know if what I'm about to say is unorthodox or might uh, upset some people, but um, we need to be face to face. I'm not giving medical advice. All right. I think we know how to do this safely, but I am stating a sociological and ecclesiastical fact that when I think what does an education program need, we need to start up the education program again. So I just can't leave this alone. Um, if we canceled Sunday school for 10 weeks, that would be sufficient to decimate attendance. Well, what will 10 months do? that. And again, churches' responses have been varied. 
but everyone shut down for a while. I'm pretty sure. Um, many are still shut down, at least when it comes to um, in-person Sunday school. Well, people have been getting together outside of church. I noticed this from May of 2020 on, and and maybe some of your listeners have seen the same thing. Um, there, like I said, there are safe ways to do this, but you know the conversation was immediately hijacked into a political litmus test, so it's very difficult to talk about. But we need to get creative, and we need to let the healthy people who are um, willing and are able and want to do this um, to lead and participate and to do it. And I mean, get back together. Every week that we go without Sunday school and the assembly of worship, we're forming and solidifying new habits that don't enhance Christian faith and that will be very difficult to break. And those habits are things I would say that um, are encouraged by people who don't have a great love of Christian faith. So church leaders, I would say, who prohibit safe gatherings are complicit in this devastation. And we need to get things turned around. Obviously, I mean, there's a vaccine coming out. Hopefully, you know, it, even those who have said no to this will very soon be saying yes to the gatherings. But, um, you know, obviously, again, I'm not talking about people who are vulnerable, people who are 60 and above, people who have, um, you know, comorbidities or uh, pre-existing conditions. Um, I'm talking about the people who are going out and doing everything else anyway. Part three, hit the reset button. Now is a great time to reconsider what our adult education program truly is, what it can be. Keith explains his point, and then he's followed by Chad Landman. What a great time to hit reset, you know, hit the reset button and to cast a vision for Sunday school. Uh, What a great time for the leaders to reflect on what Sunday school is for, what Christian education is for, what the purposes are of Sunday school, and then what are the means to achieving those ends. That's something I think a lot of churches don't do. Um, I I dare say before lockdowns, most churches, when it comes to a lot of things, including adult education, were kind of on cruise control. Here's what we do. We've always done it. We can count on most of the people or at least this percentage of people to show up and didn't really have a concrete vision or mission for it. Well, you know, everything you can wipe the slate clean. You know, uh, it's been uh, done away with. Let's start it over. And it doesn't have to look like the same old thing. Maybe it will, but it doesn't have to. So just as an example, Um, is progress one of those goals, one of those ends that we would have in mind? So to increase in knowledge, it seems inherent in the word disciple, uh, student. 
So why do we put people in the same level of class that they were in 20 years ago or 40 years ago? Does that communicate low expectations? I would think it does. Is there a place for advanced classes? Maybe it's implicit in certain topics and teachers, you know, and people already gravitate to what they want or what they can handle. But if growth is an important goal, I think it should be, then it should at least be expressed somehow in an adult education program, perhaps opportunities provided for that. I think, again, especially in in light of the lockdowns we've been through, socialization is probably going to have to be a more explicit goal for Sunday school. Um, and, you know, that could be in tension with the goal I just mentioned of learning and advancing in learning. But I don't think it has to be. And so there are all kinds of practical ways you can advance socialization and engaging in learning. Um, You know, education experts can tell you how to do that, small group discussions, whatever, you know. But those things need to be taken into account. Uh, Topics. And now I'm not just talking about kind of post-lockdown stuff, but just what does an adult education program look like? Um, In addition to Bible text, which I think is of primary importance, uh, we should provide opportunities for feedback regarding what people want or need to learn. Again, there needs to be buy-in from everyone. So let's allow feedback in that and not just sort of a top-down kind of, here are the things we're going to study. Those are good. But sometimes the people want to know uh, and want to study certain things. And if they're interested in it, then great, let's do it. So we should not be afraid to address those topics that people want to know about. We shouldn't be afraid to address hot-button issues. Um, People want and need and, and, and should expect clear statements from Christian leaders on a lot of the things going on in our society that people have questions about. The pandemic has given me an opportunity to rewrite some of the stuff that we've done because coming into an older established congregation like this, it was hard for me to say, okay, I want you to have this plan for the next six months to a year of what you're going to be talking about. Oh, well, you know, we don't know what we're talking about next week. So it's not a big deal. And you kind of have to force it on them and say, no, 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 we, we've got to have a plan. So let's, let's hammer out a plan and let's make sure that we've got our class leaders. And, I'm, you know, periodically every year I'll ask my class leaders, do you want to still be a class leader? Uh, I don't want to stick them in that position for, for life. It's not a Supreme Court appointment. It's, it's something we need to reevaluate every, every now and then. Um, when I got here, there was a lot of people that were burnt out. Uh, they had had been in those positions for years and years and years and years and had never been asked if they wanted a break. And so I had to basically strategize and rebuild a lot of that kind of stuff, um, which was good. And the pandemic has given us even better opportunity, I think, to kind of reevaluate some of those things and restructure uh, those classes. So, yeah, that's a long answer, I know. But that's kind of what um, we're kind of dealing with right now. And right now, actually, when we're starting back in March, I'm going to be reestablishing and in some cases reaffirming all of our class leaders and just having them and meeting with them every quarter saying, what do you need? 
Do you need me to provide curriculum? Do you need me to provide this? Some of them have a set curriculum that they're on. Some of them don't. So if you have even a halfway decent teacher, I, I have seen, we, we've got the opportunity in the last 20 weeks at Graymere. We're hopefully ending phase one of coronavirus and things like that. We've got this whole timetable and I don't know if it's going to work out or not, but we've had the opportunity to hear about 10 guys that half of which we hardly ever hear from at Graymere. And it has been extremely valuable to hear their styles of teaching, the way that they discuss in Bible class, the way that they respond to certain things, the the way they teach. It, it's just been incredible. And uh, I think seeing that, I think seeing just, and we started with, here's your scriptures. We gave them scripture assignments. Here's your scriptures. Talk 45 minutes about them, please. And we didn't give many other kind of guide, guidelines. So I thought that was incredible at how some were very relational. Others were very logical. Some were very missional. Uh, we had a guy that has been a basically a part-time missionary for Gray Mirror, also while being a school teacher, teach, and his he was centered around the idea of what do we do evangelistically? What do we do missionally with this passage? And it was just really neat to see all the different makeups of the congregation. But it does seem to me that we are in a moment now, a cultural moment and a, a, a church moment where we can do something great with adult education. Uh, as I said, uh, many of our churches have been on lockdown and have not yet returned to Sunday school classes. I don't know uh, about your church in particular, but um, there's a there could be a, a blank slate there where we can take the best of what we um, have in the past, and then we can try maybe some new things. And you know what? If the new things don't work, it's not going to be worse than what we have right now, which is in many churches, nothing. So I just like the idea more than I have a specific idea. I just like the idea of restarting and maybe doing something um, really great with adult education. You don't have to reinvent the wheel with these kinds of things. But when you're given opportunities like we've been given with the pandemic to really reorganize the leadership of a class, which was needed before, but couldn't happen because of certain politics involved, certain members that you didn't want to offend. We don't, um, we don't ever want to do that. Well, this has given us a really good opportunity to kind of have a clean slate with a couple of classes and be like, okay, well, we've got these people that are dedicated and ready to go. And so we're going to be able to put them in charge, whereas before it was kind of languishing. And so that that's terribly exciting for me um, to be able to see something productive come from that. Part four, teacher training. Here's Randy, Keith, and Chad. I do think that, and this may be the point of your of your, of your work here. Uh, I, th- I think that churches are generally struggling with Bible classes, and they're desperate for resources. Um, it's uh, people are a lot more interested in short-term commitments than they are long-term commitments and getting somebody to commit to teach Bible class for the next 
year. You give them to build a habitat house in a week, but you know, teach them. I, you know, I think I think though that's hard. And you know, we've tried to produce some resources at uh, ACU, and I know they have at other schools to to resource. Bible classes. Okay, here's something you can show for 12 minutes, and it's going to be a talking head, but then you're going to have 30 minutes to, you know, kind of do something with it and and kind of take the terror out of, you know, Bible class uh, teaching. And uh, I I still think an excellent uh, Bible teacher is one of the rarest things, you know, I think I think good teachers are made. I think great teachers are born. And, um, you know, churches are seldom going to have, you know, lots of great teachers. And so, you know, I think you ask the question, OK, how, how can this be done without, you know, a, a, a team full of all stars? Surely it can be done some other way than that. We need to train people to be teachers. And so what we need is teachers of teachers. Um, If you want to address controversial issues, like I just mentioned, then you need someone um, in that teaching role who we can be confident in to address those issues, right? So I've been in churches where... Um, in kind of committees uh, trying to, you know, organize Sunday school classes where you get conversations sort of like the following. One person says, you know, we need to get some of these young adults in here teaching. Um, So um, let's get uh, Larry to teach Genesis, you know, is the book we all have coming up um, in the spring. So good motive there. But second person on the committee says, oh, well, Genesis is a really hard book, some really thorny issues. I'm not sure we want to sick Larry on the congregation, you know, or the class, um, whatever. Who knows what he'll say about this? He's never had a class in Genesis or the Old Testament or anything. And then a third person comes in, usually me, and says something like, Maybe we need to step back and get a more organized teacher training program going here. And then you hear crickets chirping, you know, or you see the tumbleweed kind of, um, you know, going across the screen there. Um, But that's it. I mean, it's harder to do and it's not an urgent thing, you know, that that needs to be done tomorrow because you can fill that space. It's, it, it requires a long-term planning and vision and resources, but it should be done. It should be done. Uh, it, it could be done internally um, if there are people in the congregation who are equipped to do that training. If not, it should be done externally. But that's the problem um, in a lot of our churches is that churches aren't equipped to train teachers. And these people who would be teachers don't have the resources or, or the time to go get training at a Christian college or a seminary. Um, we need to be bringing that to the churches um, in a way that I think most of our institutions of higher education are not equipped to do or not willing to do, unfortunately. 
when people come to me and they say, well, I'd like to teach this thing. Why well, I, I kind of, because a lot of people have the problem. They say, well, I would love to teach. I have no idea what to teach though. And so in that case, I give them three options. I say, you can teach old Testament, new Testament, or um, a topical study. And usually I say topical studies are probably hopefully more for the summertime um, because a lot of people are in and out and you don't necessarily have a series of things going on with that necessarily. But then I say, you know, if you want, um, I can give you this new Testament book. If you want to teach uh, Proverbs um, in old, old Testament, or if you want to teach James in the new Testament, th- that could be a good option for you. And so usually I'll provide a number of different books that would um, kind of help them out and whatever. The thing I would just want to do is reiterate something I already said. And, and that is probably a couple of things, but first just the importance of training teachers. Um, I think this is a neglected thing in our churches. Um, I know that um, back in the day, when there was a lot more, I would say, open Bibles in churches um, from the youth group on up, that people felt more comfortable with their biblical literacy. And so as they stepped into an adult role of teaching, at least they knew their Bible pretty well. Also, that's not the case anymore. Also, more um, kids in Churches of Christ used to go to um, our Christian colleges where if you go, like if you went to a place like Harding, you took a Bible class every semester, right? Um, And you come out with almost a minor in Bible, everybody, just by virtue of being a student there, even if you weren't majoring in Bible. And so those people would go out to congregations, you know, in their early and mid-20s and be probably as well-trained in biblical studies as anybody else at some of the smaller congregations that they would go out to. And of course they learn by the seat of their pants and uh, learn to teach. I'm just saying we don't have those mechanisms in place anymore. And so the church is going to have to be a lot more deliberate than we ever have been about teaching people how to teach these Bible classes, um, if we're going to pass on the faith to um, all the members in the church and especially to the next generation. My thanks to Keith Stanglin, Randy Harris, and Chad Landman on helping us imagine how to reset, reorganize, refocus our adult Bible classes post-pandemic. Thank you for joining us. I hope you'll stay tuned for more episodes right here on the Avenue for Faith podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Avenue for Faith. Thanks for joining. No one has ever loved you like Jesus Christ. I hope you feel that love in every sermon that's preached on this podcast. You can find more sermons, transcripts, study guides at nathanguide.com. Please stay tuned for another lesson and rest in the love of Christ.